0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will likely go behind closed doors to discuss upcoming union contract negotiations. Every few years, the city negotiates its contracts with four different unions that represent its employees the Public Safety Employees Association, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the International Association of Firefighters, and the Alaska State Employees Association. The Assembly is expected to enter into executive session to discuss its strategy with outside legal counsel Kimberly Garrity and Finance Director Melissa Haley. All four negotiations are set to happen throughout next spring and summer. The Assembly will also consider replacing the city's personnel policies handbook. According to a memo from City Administrator John Leach, the policy hasn't seen any big changes since 2014. The Human Resources Department has been working with the Finance Department to update the document, in part due to high turnover at City Hall. If approved, the new handbook would add Martin Luther King Jr. Day as a City Holiday, add an Ethics and Conflicts of Interest section, and would ensure that employees who are promoted temporarily to acting roles are paid more than the employees they supervise. The handbook would also eliminate a Volunteer section with a plan to release a separate handbook for City Volunteers. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. The source of last week's oil spill of the Sitka Sound Science Center is still
1: unknown. There was that initial release of oil on the 18th, and then again we saw some more on the 19th. But that since then there hasn't been any additional discharges.
0: Rachel Krajewski works for the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation. She says the spill is no longer active and locating the source of the oil is the department's top priority.
1: You know, we've been researching, you know, historic land use. We look to see are there, you know, potentially underground storage tanks? Was there a recent spill? There could be a number of causes. Um, And at this time, that's what we are still trying to pinpoint.
0: The DEC has not yet disclosed the estimated volume of the spill, but Krajewski says cleanup efforts are ongoing.
1: At this time, Lee Hansen has been um, contracted by the U.S. Coast Guard. He has participated in like the booming effort. So when I left on Friday, we had three layers of containment boom in the hatchery Penstock area. And within that containment boom, we had also placed sorbent boom and additional absorbent materials. And they were doing a pretty good job of capturing the oil that was coming through. We generated the five bags of sorbent materials um, that were oiled. And, um, you know, at this time, the Coast Guard is on site monitoring the situation. According to a post
0: on the Science Center Facebook page, no salmon were in the raceway at the time of the spill and the oil was boomed before reaching the open ocean. KCAW will continue to release information about the spill as it becomes available. The Sitka Tribe of Alaska certified its election results last week for tribal council. Earlier this month, three incumbents who ran unopposed were reelected, and one write-in candidate scored a seat. Incumbent Martha Moses was the top vote earner, reclaiming her seat with 53 votes, followed closely by Lisa Way and Frederick Olson Jr. Incumbent Harvey Kitka did not seek re-election this year. The open seat was filled by write-in candidate Rachel Moreno, who previously served on the council for eight years and ran a close rate for a seat on the Sitka Assembly this fall. In a press release issued by STA, Tribal Chairman Lawrence Woody Widmark said that low voter turnout isn't uncommon when candidates run unopposed. We weren't surprised to see fewer voters get out to vote. We thank all our citizens that did vote, he said. The newly elected and re-elected Tribal Council members will be sworn in for their two-year terms of service in early December. The Alaska Public Safety Academy in Sitka graduated another class over the weekend. The 17-week training program involved the usual courses in driving, shooting, physical fitness and defensive tactics, and one extra class that's not found in the course catalog, Quarantining Together. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
2: The instruction at the Alaska Public Safety Academy in Sitka is 100 percent about policing, but the institution's ceremonial style is paramilitary, and that involves some marching. The 22 men and three women officers will take assignments in police departments ranging from Unalaska to Ketchikan, as well as serve as village public safety officers, park rangers, and of course, Alaska state troopers. The socially distanced ceremony was held in Sitka's Harrigan Centennial Hall on Saturday, November 20th. Commencement remarks were delivered by Colonel Brian Barlow, the director of the Alaska State Troopers, who walked across this same stage himself 22 years ago. Barlow said that there had never been a class quite like this one.
3: This class of 25 graduates may have had the most challenging academy experience of any that I can remember. It was over a month ago when I received the word that COVID-19 had crept its way into the academy and had infected a significant number of our recruits, despite our best efforts to keep it away. We cannot remember ever pausing academy training for over a week in the past, but it was a necessary step for this unique academy. It is noteworthy to recognize that all of the staff and recruits handled this unprecedented challenge in stride and without complaint. A job in law enforcement will put each and every one of you up against countless challenges during your career. Challenges you must overcome just as you did throughout this academy. It may not be COVID 19, early morning workouts, or testing. However, over my two decade career in law enforcement, I have lost count of the number of physical and mental challenges that I've had to personally overcome, and my career has not been unique by any stretch.
2: Barlow urged the graduates to maintain their commitment to physical fitness and to find friendships outside of law enforcement in order to keep things in perspective. He said resiliency was an important part of having a successful career, especially lately.
3: It is an interesting time in law enforcement throughout the nation. I know many of you come from the lower 48, also known as America, up here in Alaska, and may be expecting a community that does not support you and the job that you have chosen. That is not the case in our state. In Alaska, our community, elected leaders, and many Alaskans overwhelmingly support the critical job of ensuring public safety in every corner of our great state.
2: Another former graduate, Department of Public Safety Commissioner James Cockrell, Did not appear in person, but sent encouraging words. Cockrell graduated from the Academy 38 years ago. He wrote, Providing quality public safety in a state like Alaska is no easy task, but I know that these graduates have the heart and tenacity to accomplish this critical mission. Following the remarks, the candidates received what they'd spent the last 17 weeks working toward their law enforcement certificates and their badges. For most, that would mean an end to the marching. For the 11 trooper recruits, however, not quite. Troopers spend an additional two weeks of advanced training depending on their posting. It could mean an advanced training in fish and wildlife investigations, boating safety, survival, commercial fisheries enforcement, search and rescue, and critical stress management. After that, trooper recruits spend 12 weeks in a field training and assessment program in Fairbanks, Soldatna, or the Mat-Su, before being promoted to full trooper. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Just as Sitka is trying to hammer out plans for an increase in the number of cruise ship calls next summer, Juneau is too, but with an eye to air quality downtown. Juneau officials have put a lot of time and effort into studying what it would take to let cruise ships plug into the local electric grid when they're docked downtown. That way, the ships wouldn't have to burn fossil fuels all day in the harbor to keep their lights on. One privately owned dock was electrified 20 years ago. City officials think it'll cost $25 million to electrify the two city-owned ones. Eric Shaw is an engineer for Juno Docks and Harbors. He helped put together a 55-page federal grant application for the project this summer. But on Friday, he found out they didn't make the cut.
1: Yeah, I'm um, disappointed. i um, glad to see that so many of our southeast neighbors were successful.
0: The Department of Transportation did announce grants for similarly priced marine infrastructure projects in Cordova and Haynes.
1: I kind of just walked away in those three comparisons that the U.S. Department of Transportation chose to replace aging, failing infrastructure over improving new infrastructure, if you will.
0: Still, Shaw thinks Juno's docks will be electrified, eventually.
1: The value is, is pretty obvious in what it does for emissions, and, you know, we have a, a very robust understanding of the fleet, and we know that worldwide fleets are going more electrical.
0: The idea of signing value to reduced greenhouse gas emissions is more than conceptual. For ranking purposes, the grant rules let communities calculate a dollar value for greenhouse gases that a project would offset. Shaw says that helped this project score well, and it could be applied to other infrastructure grant opportunities to come. Taking a look at the community calendar. The deadline to submit comments to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's intent to take steps to repeal the 2020 Alaska roadless rule and restore protections to more than 9 million acres of inventoried roadless area on the Tongass National Forest is February 23rd. Comments can be submitted at regulations.gov. You can find more information by seeing the community calendar posting. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven
1: News.